0: Stories are The truths we would rather not know. My name is Asadnebi, and every week, I will tell you a short story written by a Nigerian writer or author. That's the long and short of it. So without much ado, this week's story is by Ayomide Ashiru. And it's titled, Road Closed, Women at War. It has been days since Jane came home looking like she had butterflies in her tummy. She hated rain so much and would give up anything to have the sky in its clear state and hear no sound. She rushed into my arms as I opened the door. That was strange. Jane barely came home these days without wearing a frown, accompanied with a horrible gist about how the whole of Lagos treated her. I still had my hand on the door as she placed her head on my chest and held on to me like a baby. I had no clue what she was up to as she clung to me tightly without saying a word. Stranger still was that despite the pouring rain, Jane bore a radiant smile. I let go of the door and wrapped my hands around her. I could feel my chest getting soaked. Jane was crying. I knew not to interrupt. So I stroked her back gently. After a few minutes, I whispered, Babe, it's okay. She looked up at me. Her eyes red. Babe, I'm six weeks gone. Those were the sweetest five words I have ever heard. In a minute, my life turned around. I doubted my ears. What did you see? I queried. I know you heard me. Now she was smiling. I lifted her off the ground and placed her carefully on the sofa. I was overwhelmed with joy and started decorating her face with kisses. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Gradually, things changed in our home. We played like we did when we first got married. Jane smiled more and cared less about rainy days and whatever the whole of Lagos may or may not have done to her on any given day. I was eager to be a father. I could not contain my excitement. I watched my wife's body transform. I could not stop imagining how stressful it must be carrying our baby. I wished I could help but Jane carried it gracefully. As days extended to months, home became my office. I was there to do everything Jane wanted to do. Our princess would be here in no time. Nothing must go wrong. I frequently found ways to thank Jane for carrying our baby. She was doing me the greatest favor on earth. My baby was growing in her tummy. I increased the deposit I was making into her account every month. I bought a house in her name and promised to open a fancy store for her when her baby arrived. I did not mind going lengths for her. She was my lifesaver. The child she carried validated my manhood. She was making me a father bestowing the greatest privilege of my life. Jane went into labour when I least expected. I was away from home when I received a call from the hospital. I got to the hospital as quickly as I could and was kept in the waiting room. I paced back and forth until my legs ached. A barrage of thoughts assailed me. I felt helpless and scared. I couldn't even bring myself to pray. I had my head against the wall, hoping the suspense would be over soon when I felt a light tap on my shoulder. I turned around to find a nurse standing behind me. I'm sorry. We lost her and the baby. I was stunned for a moment. I could not comprehend what she had just said. By the time I came to... The nurse was gone. I was confused. I headed in the direction I thought she went, but I didn't see her. I went to the nurse's station and no one could tell me anything. Confusion turned to anger and I started shouting out the questions swimming in my head, demanding answers. I was causing a scene, but I did not care. I wanted to see my Jane. I wanted to see our baby, alive or dead. I wanted to see for myself. But all I saw was sand and dirt as I landed face down after being thrown out of the hospital by the security guards. Several days and several attempts to get answers resulted in several beatings and a night in a police station. My world came to a standstill. Each day, something died in me. Jane was gone. And so was my daughter. Nothing else mattered. Alcohol became my companion. Alcohol and tears. I drank till I passed out, and then woke up with tears streaming down my face. I stopped going to work. I had no life. What was there to live for? I shut my friends out, but Ellis refused to be shut out. He persistently destroyed every wall I built around myself and with it forced a glimmer of light to help me get from one day to the next. Guy, don't be a shadow of yourself now. You have to live, he would often say. Every time Jane crossed my mind, I would ask her for forgiveness. I hadn't been there to protect her and our baby when she needed me the most. I hadn't fought hard enough to at least lay her and her baby to rest. I was stuck for months on end. Gradually, Elise's words took root and I started to claw my way back to life. Elise was elated when he saw me picking up the pieces of my life. I let him talk me into going out to a quiet spot for lunch every weekend and then a trip to the supermarket to stock up on food for the week. It became our weekend routine. He was my brother from another mother, my anchor through the craziest storm of my life. One weekend, Ellis was out of town and I was reluctant to leave the house. I was no longer used to venturing out on my own and was going to skip the supermarket run when my phone beeped. It was a text from Ellis. I am back early and I'm hungry. I hope you have stocked the house with the necessary. I'll be with you in an hour. I did not want to deal with a hungry Elise, so I reluctantly got dressed and headed out. I had to make a pit stop to withdraw cash. Daniel! I turned around and saw Amaka, one of Jane's friends. The last thing I wanted was a reminder of the past. I started regretting leaving the house alone. But these run-ins were bound to happen sooner or later. We hugged awkwardly, exchanged pleasantries and made small talk. I knew I needed to get past the awkward, so I asked. How are you coping without Jane? What thing we won't do? Should I enjoy America now? Nah? Sorry? Jane is dead, didn't you hear? Amaka burst out laughing. And she kept laughing until her eyes watered. She saw my confusion and tried but failed to restrain herself. Annoyed, I made to walk away and she held my hand and began to apologize as she pulled herself together. I'm so sorry, Daniel. But Jane is not dead. You were just her next customer. What What? what do you mean? Wait. You really thought you had a wife? Jane and Nollywood now? It was all an act. With all the alcohol I'd consumed to drown my sorrow, I had never felt as dizzy as I did as I caught snatches of Amaka's tale of how Jane had planned the whole episode. Our baby. She... she... she was pregnant. What about my child? I managed to ask. Hmm. Daniel. Jen has no womb. And... um, You cannot father a child. That is why she picked you. Islamiyat Ayomide Ashiru is an avid reader and a short story writer. She has a degree in English language from Obafemi Awolowo University. She is enthralled by the transformative power of writing and is dedicated to portraying the dynamism of life and giving an insight into the evolving human condition in her work. Her work explores themes of morality and confronts popular conceptions of reality. You can read more of her work on Medium at ayamide 4. And connect with her on X at Ayamide Ashiru. Details and links will be in the episode description. If you've got a story you would like to be featured on this podcast, or a published book you want to make into an audiobook, send an email to info at or send me a message at osadumebi on either Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. I look forward to collaborating with you. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend that stories are a good escape for a few minutes each week.